Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Aquarian Mind podcast. Today's podcast, episode number 231. I'm your host, Jamel Crothers. It's Book Insight Friday. You guys know I'm not delving into a book this week because I just gave you Alphabet City 3 last week. But the good news is, is I'm going to really delve into some things today that I haven't discussed in the three years I've been doing this podcast. So um, today I want to discuss how I am changing the way books are written. So this is going to be a fun one, and I don't know how long this podcast will be. Hopefully I will be able to stick within the 10 to 15 minutes that I give you guys. But if it goes a little bit longer, just hang in there. Just bear with me. because a lot of these things that I'm about to share with you are my truth and what goes into this whole process and this journey that I have been on for the past seven years. So obviously um, with writing, there are all of these rules and these guidelines and it's this APA format and It has to look this way and it has to be worded this way and you can't say this, you can't say that. Uh, There's a lot of things that go into uh, the rules and the guidelines of writing a book, right? And, you know, we all pick up books and we all see it in a traditional format of, you know, there's characters, there's dialogue, there's you know, back and forth and the chapters are laid out a certain way and it's this whole thing, right? (laughs) So um, when I started this journey, I knew I wanted to write about social issues. Um, I didn't know where all of these social issues were going to lead me, but I knew the biggest one was focusing on men's issues and obviously you guys know the struggles and growth of a man was the first book series that i wrote um around that time there was a lot of um things going on in police departments police brutality killings things of that nature right um i think when i was you know really starting on my journey um it was around the Trayvon Martin um, time, I would say, in the Mike Brown situation in uh, Ferguson, uh, Missouri. Uh, So that was a major component that was concerning to me. And then I started rewinding my mind back to like college days. And that's when I started thinking of the world we live in. And I started thinking about my life and all the things that I've seen and been through and other experiences that other people have been through. And that's where the world we live in came in, right? But anyway, when I started um, writing, I knew I wasn't going to write in a traditional format. So I write in a prose format and it's more fluid for me it feels better when I write it. And for me, it's 
easier to read. I mean, some people don't like that. That's fine. Doesn't bother me at all. And I knew that writing in a prose format was going to really help me to stand out from everyone. So I will say doing that was a huge thing for me. And then I decided, all right, I already know I'm going the self-publishing route. I am not doing all of these submissions to agents and book publishing companies and all that stuff, right? Meanwhile, I get advertised to all the time now with all of these like companies that, oh, like will help you publish your book and things like that. And, you know, I internally laugh because I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, if you'd have sent me that seven years ago, I would have thought about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not going to think about that now. Not when I'm this far in. And a lot of people are going the self-publishing route, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, I will say in my 20s, I didn't have that as an option. I didn't have that as a route that I can go, right? Um, you either had a book publishing deal or it just wasn't going to work at all. And then, you know, the uh, ebooks started to grow. And, you know, I don't know exactly who opened up the floodgates to the whole self-publishing route. I would guess it was Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. I have no idea. But I will say that once that opened up, the landscape of the book industry changed in a lot of ways. The market changed. And a lot of people said, OK, well, if the self-publishing route is there, why not take advantage of it? And I did, I will say that. I learned a lot of things along the way, a lot of trial and error. I learned about Canva and being able to make your own book cover. I learned of Fiverr and being able to hire people to make certain book covers at a reasonable price, you know, because when you first start thinking of self-publishing yourself, you know, you see all of these articles and things of, people paying $500 for a book cover. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, that that's not budget friendly uh, for someone who has to maintain and, you know, live a certain life as far as having a roof over my head and, you know, food and clothes and, you know, all the necessities that I need, right? So $500, that's not going to happen. Um, and the self-publishing route was was great, right? And then there's the bookstores and the options that you have. And, you know, do you just do Amazon or do you do Amazon and all of the other bookstores, right? Everyone says, yeah, Amazon controls a lot of the book market. And yeah, it holds true. But it's not the end all be all, right? So you can either do the big bookstores or you can sell them, you know, separately on your own. Have your own little bookstore. You have Payhip, you have Gumroad, you know, you have Shopify, you know, at this point, you have a lot of different options. Selfie, um, and there's some others. And I have 
you know, my books in all the big bookstores, except Amazon. You guys know why. Um, so, yeah. And to have draft to digital as a website in place where they will calculate your stuff and you will be able to publish your book book to numerous bookstores. Now they've collaborated with Smashwords, you know, so now that's easy, you know, and when you, you know, you'll get an email from draft to digital and it's like, hey, if you want your book, all your books on Smashwords, when you next time you sign in, you'll get a notification and you can just click, click select all books and it'll do it for you. You don't have to go through every book and select. Nope. It's your one stop shop for all the major bookstores, Smashwords, Barnes and Nobles, Apple iTunes, Kobo, Scribes, Baker and Taylor, Biblioteca, Vivio. Um, I think there's a few others, but for me to just name like six or seven of them off the top of my head, that's beyond me. But I just remember because of my visual memory. But the point is that you have options, right? And for me, it was learning and growing and expanding my horizons and be, basically being a sponge, just soaking everything in, doing research, looking at different websites and, you know, researching things the right way. And, you know, you get to where you want to get to. You're not going to find it within your first one or two pages in, in your search. A lot of times you're going to find certain websites within the third or fourth page. And that's okay. If you're willing to spend the time to do that. And I learned how to write a, a good synopsis without really giving your book away, but more of enticing people. Um, your book cover doesn't always have to be perfect. And, you know, there are books that don't have the greatest book covers, but have the most relevant information where I've learned a lot and said, yeah, can't always judge a book by its cover. So if you're judging a book by its cover, what happens is you lose out on the possibility of really um, reading a great story or learning something that's very important to that author or writer, right? I don't have the best book covers in the book with with every single book that I've published, but you know, like Living Life to the Fullest, that's one of my standalone books, and it's one of the most simplest book book covers, but it does delve deep into life. And it talks about two characters who were down in the dumps and they and they find out the day that they're going to die. And then they decide that they're going to all of a sudden live their life to the fullest. Right. But you're not going to know that unless you take the time to read the synopsis and you decide to do a preview and read at least the first chapter of that book to get an idea of what's coming. Right. Because. You get to look at a chapter layout of what the book is going to be ahead of time, right? On Barnes and Nobles and Amazon, all those, all those uh, websites, right? Well, hey. So next comes, you know, the experts and the gurus. I get a kick out of it because I'm in a whole different space, right? So it's like, these gurus are not experts in promoting books that focus on social issues. I know that. 
they are going to be able to help you with self-help, nutritional, things like that. The market is different. You've got to be able to reach your audience in different ways. And you've got to focus on what your target, who your target audience is, right? And once you figure that out, which, you know, what your age group is and, you know, whether you're doing men, women, things of that nature, that's, you know, that's a huge, that's a huge game changer once you figure all that out, right? So for me, because I write on so many different social issues, my target audience is going to be different depending on the book. Because I'm well-rounded, I can write about men's social issues and the pressures to um, make it, um, maintain their mental health, um, make money, get married, all that stuff, right? So I have that, right? And then there's women's social issues, the pressures to have children, career, mental health, things like that, right? And then I have Code Blue, which focuses on police corruption, right? And then I have Kids With Guns that focuses on gun control in America, right? And then I have America Under Mind Control, which is the focus on how we are inundated in debt and and how we're controlled by the media and how we should conduct ourselves and how we're supposed to live and you know, all of that, right? So the target audience is different for each book that I write. See, there are certain authors that are going to write self-help books only. There's certain authors that are going to write sci-fi or there's certain, you know, authors that are just going to write romance. And sometimes authors intermingle and write different things. But the reality of it is, is for me, I'm changing the landscape of how, one, how books are written and two, you know, writing about topics that no one's talking about. I have a book that focuses on pregnancy and postpartum depression. Are there tons of books on postpartum depression? I don't think so. Is there like a story about it? Not the way I wrote it. You may get a book from a woman's perspective on her experience, but to write, you know, it's literally just her story. But for me, I am a black man writing a book about women's issues and how there aren't, you know, enough role models or things of that nature, right? Because I'm seeing things in the world that not everyone else is seeing, right? So it becomes whether you're paying those gurus and all those people, oh, I can help you get on an Amazon sellers, bestsellers list. I don't care about a bestsellers list. That's a temporary momentary thing. Everyone wants to be in the moment now, but no one wants to think about the longevity of things. It's fine, you know, it's great that I can build an audience now of 25 to 55 of people that are going to read, you know, my books now. It's also going to be great that the eight year old kid at 25 may find my book, one of my books and go, damn, I can relate to that.
that eight-year-old boy who went through life and got told certain things and then reads the man's plight series or the struggles and growth of a man series and goes, dag, man, this is still going on in this world. Mel wrote that in 2016, 2017, the struggles and growth of a man series. He wrote the man's plight series in 2022. And here we are in 2040 and we're still dealing with these same issues. See what I'm saying? And that's where the, you know, the longevity aspect comes in for me. Thinking about the eight, nine-year-old kid who is going to come across my content 20 years from now. I like the thought of that. So it's whether you're paying the gurus or you're researching all of the things and going through the process of trial and error. I'd rather do the trial and error. I'd rather fall on my butt a couple of times and someone grabs me by the hand, picks me up and says, yo, Mel, dust yourself off, you're good. You've got something, you've got the gift. So you've gotta be able to just keep going. And it's also for me stepping out of my comfort zone, right? So I do have a previous podcast that delves into 2013 days. And that was the amount of time it took for me to get to a place where my books would be in a bookstore. It took me 2013 days. It took me moving across the country. Yeah. So you never know how your journey is going to go. And me stepping out of my comfort zone with a lot of things recording more YouTube videos, doing more TikTok videos. Um, it's where you become the best version of you. You start to become the best version of yourself. You push yourself to limits where you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think I could do that. And I did. I didn't think I'd have a podcast. I talk, I say that all the time. I never thought in a million years that I can be behind a microphone and talking about my journey and people would actually listen. And it's a beautiful thing. And for me, it's being authentic and true to my purpose and being true to myself with my books. Because, you know, the reality of it is, is my books are a lot of what I think about. Every book has a little piece of me in it. Some characters relate to me and my thoughts and what I think about. And I've said clearly that <laughs> that Robert from The Struggles and Growth of a Man He's pretty much me in a nutshell. A lot of my thoughts, a lot of what I think about, a lot of what I go through. Part one. The rest of it, you know, I'm able I was able to develop a, a good story and, you know, you know, the brother and, you know, having a mom, you know, that struggled with, you know, her mental health, things of that nature. That doesn't correlate to my life, but um, you know. Struggles with a man part one, a lot of it is like a lot of that is my thoughts. Not all of it, but the majority of it. I will say that. So what I'm really trying to say is, is that whatever you love and whatever you're passionate about, be unique, be different. Do all that you can to stand out from the crowd. Be an original. Um, be the first person to do it. 
and and be the person that you're going to be happy with 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I always say all the time to people and in my podcast, be 80 with stories and memories, not 80 with regrets. So my podcast was a little bit longer than normal today. So I thank you guys for hanging around and listening. Um, I had a feeling that I was going to go longer than the norm. So uh, I appreciate you guys for listening to this one today because uh, I needed to get these thoughts out for sure. So with that said, that's my podcast for today. I thank you guys for listening as always. Have a good weekend. Be good, everyone, and go accomplish your goals.